everything's happening at the same time regardless. So the idea that you're ever alone or you're without an idea or you can't figure something out is stops making sense because anytime you meditate, you're, you're diving into the universe. Um, here I am. Here I am. Squeeze a lemon, squeeze a lemon, squeeze a lemon. Oh, you're a comedian, huh? It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you as in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> me, me, me. Hello, this is episode 65, Johnny Pemberton of The Wandering Wolf. I am your host, lowly, but trying Yoni Wolf. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful late July, the year 2014. If you're listening to this in the year 2050, send me a holler back, y'all. I might be in the home but uh, come and meet me in, uh, under the dome, and that dome being the atmosphere of the United States of America. No, the universe, fucking universe, galaxy. All right, wow. It's a pleasure to be back in Cincinnati, though it was also a pleasure to be in Louisville, Kentucky this weekend for Forecastle Festival. Uh, I watched some great concerts, A.B. Terror Slasher Flicks, did a little uh, conversation with one A.V. Tear of A.V. Tear Slasher Flicks, uh, as well as Animal Collective. Great guy, Dave Portner. He'll be on next week. Uh, saw a little bit of Jason Isbell, hoping to get him on the podcast. As you know, he did call me on the phone one night uh, at around 11 just to say, uh, I just called to say... I have listened to some of your music and I respect it, or something like that. So hopefully we'll get him on. He's coming here to Cincinnati on September 6th. If anyone has any hookups uh, to how I can get a hold of him because he doesn't answer my, my uh, tweets. You know, he has maybe 100,000 Twitter followers. So I understand you're not looking at your at replies. Fine, I get it. Uh, but you called me once, Jason. Now I'm trying to find you. So if, or if somebody wants to bounty hunt his ass, bring him in. Don't kill him. I want him alive. I want him alive so that we can have that conversation uh, on air. Okay. I uh, also saw uh, Jenny Lewis. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, I definitely developed uh, a crush on, on Jenny Lewis. Uh, I already liked her a lot from the Dentel album. Uh, now I'm forgetting the name of the Dentel album, the one where he had all the guest singers on one one on each song. Um, I don't remember exactly who was. I know there was there, were, there was a Connor Ober song, uh, the Jenny Lewis song "Roll On." If you haven't heard that, it's like a heart wrenching song. Uh, beautiful production by Jimmy Tamborello, Dentel, and uh, just a beautiful song by Jenny Lewis. Not only that, but she's got great albums otherwise. And uh, I, but I had never seen her live, and I didn't. I mean, I'd seen pictures of her, but you don't know how 
lovely a person is in person until you see them in person. Uh, but she just had a real, real, real aura about her. Not to go on about her, uh, but I met her. Then I met her in the back afterwards and just said, you know, hey, nice to meet you. And then I, you know, I had to make it a point to say, oh, I'm, f- I'm friends with Jimmy Tamborello. So, so like, you know, it would give her that just so that she knew we were one degree of sep. And, uh, you know, so there was that. So we had that connection. And I believe she took her sunglasses off uh, to say hello, which was, which was nice. Um, but yes, oh goodness, Christ. But after that, we went over and I went down with my friend, Emily, who was a a pleasant, uh, partner in this whole situation. She was game to kind of wander about as I tend to do. And I appreciate that from her. Uh, after that, we went over to, um, Tune Yards. Good night, nurse. Good night, nurse. Jesus Christ. I mean, this this was just all out. They had this uh, new drummer. I've seen Tune Yards a couple times. Great always. But this new situation, they had a new drummer playing a whole stand-up kit, which is kind of like what I want to get into. Anyway, it, I, it very, very... Uh, inspiring, extremely inspiring. I wanted to do a podcast with Meryl, but they were in and out. They came in and uh, played the show, dipped. They had to they're, tell me they fly, they're flying off to Australia tomorrow, today, something. So could not uh, make that happen, but their concert was amazing. This new drummer, Danny, uh, Danny as in Danielle woman, was amazing, 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 and just just the way that they they had two. The band was a, that drummer Merrill, who plays drums and does loop stuff. My friend Nate uh, Merrill's partner, who does bass guitar and a few keyboard things, and then two singers uh, who sang harmonies and just danced and made the vibe right. And uh, it was killer, just kind of minimal, just whew, that, that blew my mind. Um, but yeah, it's a great great little weekend for sure, for sure. Episode 65, Johnny Pemberton on the show today. You guys are in for a real treat. This dude is just a, an extremely funny dude. He does, he does stand-up comedy. He also is in feature-length films. I, I fucking, I sat there and talked to a movie star. All right, you guys? He's been in 22 Jump Street, 21 Jump Street, if there was a 20 jump street, he probably was in that. Um, you know, lots of other films. And, and uh, yeah, he's just doing it. He's out in L.A. and doing it up. Right. He is, I guess I met him through my friend Andre Highland, who you guys know from episode, uh, I don't know what episodes, seven, eight, uh, and episode uh, 20. Those are vague guesses. But he's been on the show twice uh, he's a good buddy of mine, and I do lots of videos with him. So he he hooked me up with Johnny Pemberton. Pemberton is also friends with Doug Lussenhop from whatever episode that was, DJ Doug Pound. So in the style of what I did with DJ Doug Pound, Johnny Pemberton and I, uh, he has a podcast called Twisting the Wind. So we did a joint podcast sort of. Now this time we split it up. So he took the first half of the podcast and I took the second half of the podcast. We talked for like two and a half hours. So uh, it broke up real nice 
And what you're going to hear now is the second half of the podcast where I sort of took over and started asking more questions. In the beginning, maybe was he, he was asking more questions of me. So if you're interested in hearing that, please go over to his, his podcast uh, on the Feral Audio Network and listen to Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton. Uh, and I don't know what episode that's going to be, but you'll see my name on it. So you'll know which one that is. And I assume it is already released because that's what he told me he was going to do. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. I, I, I was really inspired by this weekend and just watching these bands. And, uh, you know, I saw a couple other bands, but those were the ones that mostly impacted me, I have to say, uh, the ones that I mentioned. And, you know, I, I, uh, it's just inspiring. I need to get back to fucking work. In my long conversation with with Dave Portner, who who we'll meet next week, you know, we then talked uh, after the podcast. We went down to the hotel bar where we were at and uh, had a conversation. Our end of the table was mostly me and Dave and uh, his girlfriend, Angel, who you met a couple of weeks ago, Dara Dorian. And the three of us talked uh, a lot about different personality types and Angel kept saying that she thought Dave and I were the same personality type that was kind of slightly closed off. We're both Tauruses. We're both he's we're both 35. He was born August 20, I mean uh, April 24th or 5th or 6th or something like that and I was born April 30th. So we're we're you know, if you believe in that shit, we're pretty much similar uh in terms of that stuff. So we just talked about how to how to uh, release our emotions, which is something that we don't do naturally with people. So we both tend to do it with our music. And I need to get back to that. That's what I need to get back to. Okay, enough of that. That We'll talk more about that next week, y'all. Right now, we're going to focus on J-Pem, which I like to call him, J-P, Johnny Pemberton. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Pemberton. And one. And we're back. I want to know like a good recipe for this diet you have. Okay. Um, something that that tends to make me feel real good. It's a simple shit. Like okay. I, I don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm culinary minded, but I'm not like a guy that went to school for it or whatever. Yeah, but it so, sounds like you've been so you've had to teach yourself to be that way because. Necessity is the mother of cooking. Exactly. Right. So a couple of things that I'll do if I'm feeling kind of shitty is soups and stuff make me feel good. So chick- chicken soups, um, homemade, of course. Right. So or, what kind of stuff do you put in that chicken soup? Um, you honestly, chicken soups my mom makes for me a lot. Okay. I don't really. I, I don't tend to make those at home. Got it. But if I was to make it at home, I I would use a crock pot. Okay. I don't know if she does that or not. I'm not yeah. sure. Slow cook. Slow cook it. Just, right. just basically throw. Um, you want a, a lot of good bones in there, right? You know, and and you want um, some good meat. I like dark meat. Put, okay. Throw that in there, right? Uh, and whatever. I mean, you know, to, for the typically to to have a good broth, you want onions, celery, carrots. That's kind of the tri- right. the trinity of of mir, good, good mir broth poire, making. Isn't it? What mir- is it called? I think, I think the French called mirepoix. The, the roux or whatever. Yeah, well, roux is a uh, flour that's okay. uh, it's cooked. My, my mom was from Louisiana, so she okay. used to cook all that stuff. With mirepoix. Roux. Mirepoix is the um, 
Yeah, I think it's celery, carrots, and onions. I think yeah. it's something like that. So I, you know, just throw that stuff in there, right. and then whatever other veggie you might want, you're gonna probably strain it later, and then pull some of the chicken okay. back out and put it back in the soup. Um, some good sea salt in there, and you're good to go. Basically, there's Got a, it. there's a natural sweetness to it, um, and also the carrots add a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, pre- carrots are pretty sweet. Yeah, another thing I like to do a lot is like say you're having a, a woman over or something, you cook cook a salmon. Are you single? Situation. I'm single. So yeah. you have like see, I haven't been single in a very long time. So the idea of a courtship, I think like a like a meal for a date is just it's it's very different. I'm speaking <laughs> hypothetically, man. This no, is not but it's great though. I like I to hear that. Do. Yeah, I love hearing that from people because I just forget. Like, oh wait, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta. I used to do like I would I would have girls over and cook like, you know, like, po- like. Uh, pasta like the fresh you could like go to Whole Foods yeah, or wherever some some market pasta. and get the fresh made pasta throw that in and then make your own sauce you know I, that's not something I do anymore but the the the, the salmon is real nice you br- you broil it for like eight minutes okay. and it's done you know you get a couple of like tail pieces I like those because they have less bones in them okay throw those in steam steam up some vegetables. Uh, broil some vegetables in with with the salmon. Right, you're good to go. A lot, a lot of I like coconut oil. And oh yeah, I, and, and olive oil. I mix the two in there. Got it. A lot of lemon. A lot of a lot lemon. of citrus you want in yeah. there because it it really makes it pop. The it the, does. the 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 fish, and uh, you're good to go, man. And you broil it. Uh, on high so that you get a little bit of crispiness. Okay. Yeah, which, you want that you want. want that fish a skin bit. a little bit crisp. Yeah. I've been making something lately that I think you might like. Yeah. For in terms of health yeah. and, and beauty. Uh, I grow okra in my garden. Oh, yeah. And I take the okra, the fresh okra pods, I chop them, you know, I chop them to little bite-sized nuggets. And I have a... If you could do this, please, in the Louisiana... Uh, uh, dialectic, <laughs> dialectic. Well, I don't know. I, what I would we'll cut down to about fifteen okra pods there. Chop them up good. Throw them in a saucepan, a deep saucepan that's already got a bunch of uh, roasted garlic mm. chopped up in there. Roasted, pre-roasted, so it's soft. Yeah. That way, it gets less of a taste to it. Right. Less of a strong, aggressive, growl trace to it. Mm-hmm. Throw in the okra, cook it in there, let it simmer for about, mm, let it fry. Put about a couple tablespoons of olive oil on there. Cook that okra. Also put some sweet peppers in there. Mm. You let that see that that fry in the skillet, not fry oil, but you let it heat up in that skillet for a certain amount of time. Then what you do is this: you get a can, you get those peeled, canned San Marzano tomatoes that you can mm. get. At a Whole Foods market or something like that. <laughs> and you take them and you dump a bunch of the juice in there. And you put a bunch of those tomatoes in there and you chop them up. Because that acidity will break down the gooiness of the okra. Okay. Add some pepper, salt, squeeze a lemon. And let that simmer in there for about mm, 15, 20 minutes. However long you wish. And meanwhile, you've been making some wild rice. Minnesota grown wild rice. Okay. You've been making that. You serve that all together. Maybe grate some Parmesan on there. Maybe add some more salt, some more pepper. Maybe some hot sauce if you want hot sauce. And that's what you eat. It's good. You're having some sexual interactions later that evening. You will, and it will provide... A, a, it will provide a good stool. Yes, yes. <laughs> it sounds succulent. It is good. It is yeah. good. 
something about I mean I just like okra it's it's kind of a it's kind of a poor man's okra gumbo not poor man's more of just like a, a very simple man few ingredients yeah because yeah. really you'd want to have maybe more peppers and onions to start off there but that Cajun good. cooking can be pretty complex or, or pretty time time uh you know intensive time, yeah. definitely but this is simple this it's is sounds simple. simple tastes good yeah tastes real good yeah okra good for you yes also i found it's really good meal for the bowels is roasted eggplant okay roasted or grilled eggplant yes something about that it's, i do like it's i do really like eggplant good. a lot it fortifies yeah a lot of uh, a lot of nutrients and a lot of um fiber it's just good it's the meat. Ooh, I, it's the I'm gonna meat. I'm gonna cook some eggplant when I, I tell get you, home. Man, egg- it's not the, really the time of the season, is it? Yeah, I'm harvesting it right now. Are you? Yeah. Okay. It's a summer. It's a uh, eggplant is a nightshade. Yeah. Is it is of the same family as tomatoes sure. and peppers? So they're all going nuts right now. I like they're, a summer squash. Ooh, you do? Yeah. Not a fan. I had there was something <laughs> something we had in 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 the uh, in the dish last night at the wedding that I went to. That oh, was it was good. Very good. Yeah. Some of the some about squash. It's it's. The way it, I don't know. I just don't like squash. Sure, sure. I just really don't like it, and I feel bad because people are always oh, it's squash. Yeah. Also, squash plants are so fucking productive. It's oh, like, they go, they go they too just, far. Yeah. So you, you're a big gardener. I'm not a big gardener, but I like it. I yeah. Like, I like to garden. Yeah. Can I ask you about career stuff at all? Do it. I'm, I'm curious. Lay in. So you, you act and stuff too, yeah. don't you? Right. You 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 that you do both. You do stand up and you do acting. Mm-hmm. You tour stand up as well. I just did. I just did a tour with a friend of mine, my friend Josh Fadum. Okay. We did a tour together. We started in Milwaukee and kind of zigzagged all the way down to Houston. And and yeah. and so you're 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 pretty well known out on the streets for that. I don't know if I am. I don't think I actually am not that well known on the streets okay. for a stand up. You mean like in terms of like, like all can you over draw the can you draw an audience? I guess so. It's hard to say. We had we had pretty good audiences for these shows, but so, so much of that has to do with promotion. Yeah, and uh, letting people know who would be interested in going. I don't think I'm a huge draw. I, it's hard to say because certain cities, all these people came up and talked to me about. Oh, well, listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Or I saw you on this. Heard you on this person's podcast. Oh, that's cool. A lot of it's podcasting. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I, I'm realizing how big that is as a thing down here. You know, I, yeah. I, when I started it, I just had heard of like a couple, and yeah. I got the idea to do it, as I explained to you earlier, right. and just did it. And then and only when I came down here, I realized that it's a lot of people do it. It is, because yeah. it makes it – I just think it's fun. I like to do – I do it for myself yeah. first and foremost. Exactly. I like meeting people yeah. such as yourself and, talking and, and about just having a conversation. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And then, so the acting stuff. Um, what did you know you wanted to do? Do that early on too? Uh, I guess kind of. I mean, I always wanted to do comedy. I yeah. I wanted to do com- do comedy. Just be funny, like be on SNL or yeah. do stand up. I always thought about stuff like that. And I th- would always write down funny ideas. I always had a notebook. This is before I ever started doing anything, and uh, I just liked to do, wanted to do it, but I didn't know how to go about doing it. And the acting thing came separately. I really didn't even think consider myself an actor forever because I was almost embarrassed. I still am embarrassed to say that instead of saying comedian. I don't like saying comedian because when you say comedian to someone, it's just like, oh, here we go. Right. I just usually say if it's someplace that's like a car rental place or something like that, I'll say I'm a dancer 
just to that's fuck what with you people. say yeah they ask you your oh, occupation I'm a, I'm a dancer yeah because <laughs> people are always intrigued by it but also they don't have do you go into it if they if they ask about it if i have time what do you, what do you what do you go what do you go for i don't know well when i was on tour last this time last year with my with matt bronger I was telling some TSA agent how we were dancers, we were both dancers, and we were going to Fiji. Okay. She's like, but you guys are going to Indianapolis. Oh, we're going there first, yeah. and then we're going to go to Fiji. But uh, we're, we're going there for a special dance thing. We're doing, yeah. We do an interpretive modern dance, and we're doing like a, a dance that involves uh, interpretations of traditional Fijian wavelengths and such. Yeah, so. Wow. I just do, do it. O- just talk over their heads, and then they're like, basically, because okay. yeah. dance is something where it's so abstract that it's so abstract yet also not at all. Right. People get it right away. Right. Because no one's gonna ask you to do a dance move and fucking line, but people do like, oh, you're a comedian, huh? Right. Right. It's just the worst. Right. That's true. Oh, people do that. Yeah. They, they ask you to want a joke. Yeah. Or like. Yeah. And that's the worst. And same with acting. That's why the ultimate answer, if you don't want to talk to someone about what you do, the ultimate answer is always graphic designer. Right. Because boring so shit. So simple, yeah. Super simple. Everyone's a graphic designer right. if you have a computer. And yeah, unless someone really wants to talk, they're not going to be. Right. It's not going to so, set off any alarm bells of interest. But, you, but you've been able to be pretty successful with that. With yeah, the, I guess so. With the acting stuff, right? You're, you're in movies and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm in some movies. Yeah. And some that's f- some feature films. Do you, are, and are you are you constantly going out for auditions and stuff? Uh, somewhat. Sometimes it's it's kind of a feast or famine thing. But yeah, there's there's there are seasons of times that it's a lot of it, and there's also times when you uh, haven't been out for a while. But basically, I I go out pretty regularly. I think I go out a lot more than a lot of other people, so I'm I feel lucky for that. Do you have a, a, is there a certain uh, form of you? that they tend to be looking for, you think, when they... Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but it used to be any type of teen teen or virginal person, stuff that I I cannot stand now, will not go out for, will not do, and basically don't really apply to anymore. But that, for a long time, it was... For a long time, especially commercials, they do like we're we're looking for a a Michael Sarah type thing, and so that's what I would always end up going out for. Did that, and that got on your nerves. Uh, after a while. Yeah, I did because uh, I don't feel like I'm that person. Right. But to some extent, casting isn't. It's the dumbest thing ever. It's a bunch. It's both. There's there's casting people who are brilliant and they make movies great. I really do think that's the case. That if you have a great cast, if you have a great group of people, not just individually, but people who are complementary, mm-hmm. that they can make up for bad badness in other arenas like mm-hmm. script and directing and stuff. Right. But I also think there's a lot of casting that's just retarded people. Yeah. No disrespect to people who are actually mentally disabled, but retarded people who just are fucking writing a buzz line and don't really have any nuance or interest in creating something other than than the most commercially appealing piece of dreck they can get across in the so, fastest way possible. But are you are, are you currently getting roles that you feel comfortable with? Yeah, a lot of stuff. You had no yeah. problem breaking out of that. I don't know. Stereotype. I mean, it's definitely a problem, but it's also a thing where there's it's always going to be a thing. There's you're always going to have stuff that you're not super you're like, "Oh, this is the one I want to do." Cuz you can't by nature if it's not your product, then it's not going to be something that you're uh, necessarily completely invested in. Also, if it is something you like a lot, you 
you're probably not going to get it because you like it too much. <laughs> right, right. You're going to be to nervous. Oh, I be... love this. Oh, I want this so much. It's so cool. Yeah. And there's also been stuff where that's happened and I've gotten nervous or I've getting been in my head and fucked it up. And then later I'm thinking, that part fucking sucks. Yeah. It's a terrible part. It's boring as shit. I would never want to play that. Yet I was all just uh, bent out of so- out of shape about not ha- not happening. Right, right. So what's what's some what's a cool role that you've gotten recently that you did that you you felt like you 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 fit into the character in a cool way or you um, or you got to you got to stretch your abilities. Um I'm doing this movie right now. I'm actually making it right now. That's I'll start make shooting shooting tomorrow. It's a movie called Headlock. It's uh I'm playing like a junior CIA agent. It's okay. a serious like a thriller movie. You're not it's not comedic for no, you at but, all. No, but but I'm the only comedic voice of the movie, really. Okay. So it's cool to be that it's cool to be in that position where and having a lot of scenes with Andy Garcia. Cool. <laughs> and to be this person who's kind of uh, making, acting kind of, not stupid, but just acting awkward and saying funny shit. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, I've never had that position. The jester being, within being the... literally the only comedic source in a film. So That's great. That's great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I can't wait to see how it comes out. Yeah. Me too. Headlock. I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, it won't be... It'll be a while. God, stuff takes forever. I know the deal, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this cartoon... I've been voicing this cartoon for Disney Channel called Pickle and Peanut. Okay. It's uh, it's me and John Heater, and the guys who created it are fucking, they're just so great, so cool. And that's something where I'm so excited about that because it's, a, that's how I feel. I feel, I love that because it's this, uh, I'm playing this basically like a teenager peanut who's in a rap, has like a casual rap group with this pickle he works with together at this supermarket. And it's super fun because... The guys who created it and wrote it are, they have the greatest sense of humor, real, uh, what's the word when you say, a real irreverent, but also, okay. but not dirty, because it's a kid show. It's this right. weird, you remember, how, remember how Ren and Stimpy, how great yeah. that show was? Yeah. And kids can watch it, but you can even watch it now and be, ah, oh, this is so funny and so weird and so cool. That's how I feel like this show is going to be. Cool. So I'm super happy to be a part of that, because that's something where I feel like, it's exactly what I want to do and as far as of my voice, not like literally my voice, but my voice in terms of tone and right. and com- comedic tone. Yeah. But that stuff takes a forever, takes a long time for it to get to a point where you get to do something like that. It's taken for a fucking ever. You have, you have to yeah, be on a short list for, for yeah. people that have cool voices. Or just fucking work on tons of stuff and like I it just just takes forever, and even just, then, it's just doing a lot of jobs and meeting a lot of people. Yeah, moving to the next. I think that's thing. it. Doing yeah. a lot of jobs, meeting a lot of people, doing stuff that sucks, and just kind of just liking to do it. So you do it enough because you you like to do it, even if it's not the most. If it's not something, even if it's something where you wouldn't have had it the way it is, you're still doing it. Do you, are you at a point where you won't do commercials and stuff, or will you? Uh, I don't really do them anymore. Just because I uh, don't really like to, and for me, the stress of it is not worth the money mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Because I also got in a kind of altercation with with a with a commercial audition a while ago. Just an audition. Yeah, this is over a year ago. I talked about it a bunch on Dan Harmon's podcast okay. and then my friend Duncan's podcast. But I basically told this casting associate to fuck off, and I threw the script down and left. Wow. Because she was being a total cunt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and a lot of times in those commercial venues, it's they're being run by people who are just they're so damn 
but they also have a lot of power on their well, they have a lot of perceived power because everyone who comes in there is groveling to them. Right. Um, which is never a good thing to do. Groveling doesn't get anybody it's not anything. not going to get you the job. Right. Yeah. But all these fucking idiots are going in there kissing some person's ass who hasn't done anything at all yeah. with their life or has nothing creative to offer. They're doing nothing. They're essentially a fucking glorified uh, assist. I don't know. They're, just, they're doing nothing. A TSA but, person. It might as well be. They really might as well be a TSA person. Yeah. They're, what their job? They're they're corralling these these fucking group of near do well sad sacks mm-hmm. in underheated or over air conditioned rooms where parking isn't available, and they and so they 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 get this air of uh, superiority about them because. That's what happens to people. Yeah. If, you, if you're treated like a person who has power, you start to think you do. And so they start to treat people like shit. They start to treat, they treat actors like they're, like they're kids or they're, they're cattle or something, talking down. I, I just have a problem being talked down to yeah. on certain times, especially if it's early in the morning and I don't want to be there in the first place. If someone starts talking to me like I'm stupid or I don't, no, it's like I've made a mistake. Yeah, that's a seemingly it's a totally honest mistake because there's nothing that says otherwise. Like, oh, you're supposed to write your write your last name in there. Like, okay, um, is there something here that says that? No. Right. So fuck you. It's stuff like that. Where, I mean, I almost happened again, not that long ago, where I was like, oh god, don't don't do it again. Don't fucking fly up the handle. And do you pra- do you practice for for the like for commercial stuff? Oh, not even for commercial stuff. Oh. Say say it's a role for right. for a movie right. that you would really want. Yeah. Do you like practice? Oh, hard? rehearse. Yeah, rehearse, yeah. rehearse the shit out of it if you yeah. can. Yeah. Sometimes just beat it to death. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do. I do it probably less than some people I know. But some people beat shit to death. Some people do the... I think there's a weird thing where, depending on the scene or depending on the character, certain things I don't have to think about at all because I'm like, oh, this is just me. However I say this is going to be good because it's so close to my own personal Mm -hmm, voice that mm -hmm. to make a mistake would be to put more work into it to fuck it up. There's some stuff where I have to work on this so hard because it's not super close to my personal voice. So I got cast in this movie that's shooting next month that's... um, I didn't get the main role, um, but I really uh, – I went out for the, the well, this part that's like the main one of the main roles, and I worked on it really hard and didn't get it, but it went, ended up going to one of the directors. He's going to play the part. Okay. But they gave me – I'm playing a different part in it that they offered me that I didn't audition for, and I'm like, oh, this this actually makes a lot more sense. That you, but, fit, you fit into that part better. Yeah, and okay. it's something where it's going to be – I don't want to say easy. It's just going to be – Effortless in the sense mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be f- it's easy to, it'll be easy to to do that because it's so close. You don't to, have to stretch your personality yeah. so, so far. Well, but I also that's what goes back to the whole casting thing. I think that's what why casting is so great is because if you if you're good at casting, you find people who is close to their voice and you put them in a situation. You're basically setting someone up or setting something up to win, right? Because you're Putting things in a position to where the their best attributes can shine. Right in and volleyball, you'd be the person that does it with the fingertips. Yeah, right. And then the other person comes it's, and spikes exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. You're setting it up for to be a success because you're either highlighting their voice or maybe you're you're picking out a piece of their voice that wouldn't normally be heard by by having by teaming up with 
with someone else. Right. Who's, and it's your job. It's your job to know it's there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they're always the best. Uh, anything I've been cast in that was that I really liked and was awesome came out of a thing where they're they oh we want you to come in for this. Not uh, I'm trying to think how to say this. It's a thing where they asked me to come in for a role specifically me mm-hmm. as opposed to me getting their attention by auditioning for the role. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Because they, they, they already mind. know your yeah. work and they know like, oh, this that you fit in. Yeah. Is the thing. And that's one of those things where it just takes forever. You have to audition for tons of people because mm-hmm. certain people are going to like you some aren't going to like you right. no matter what you do. And it's those people who like you who it's just a matter of time before there's something that comes across their desk that, and you also happen to be in their mind at the same time and it's just natural. Yeah. It's natural. Yeah. You just put it together. Yeah. Smooth. Yeah. That smooth, makes sense. Smooth. Yeah. Like that song. Yeah. Santana and Rob Thomas. I mean, I yeah, I can I can relate to that a hundred percent, you know. Yeah, it's all everything is the same, really. Yeah. It just takes a while to realize that, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So everything happens the same way. Yeah. I mean I, I, I can't if if someone were to ask me to like produce something for someone um in a more like a typical way or something like that like i i would try to do it but it wouldn't be right right you, you would have to be coming to me for my sound yeah you know what i'm saying or unless it's a thing where they want you to make something like wink wink normal but you making something normal sounds it's incredible still weird yeah, yeah 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 that's another big thing is so many things are it's uh like if me doing an impression me as an actor, like, oh, I'm, I'm playing this character named Bob, and I'm basically going gonna, gonna to do an impression of Tommy Lee Jones. I'm going to try to be Tommy Lee Jones. What's going to come off? No one's going to see me doing Tommy Lee Jones. But it's going to be funny. It'll be like this weird thing because you can't be another person. Even if you're trying to do what the other person does, it's going to be uniquely you because you can't not do something like that. Right. Unless you're doing a, literally an impression, like changing your voice, right. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Right. Some people say I sound like Bruno Kirby. I've had two people I'll tell know me who that. that is. He's, he's, been, he's been dead a couple of years now. He's an actor who was in City Slickers. He has the thick black mustache. Okay. He's like has like a New York accent. I think he's been in some mobs. I'm seeing movies. Tommy Lee Jones in my head for um, some Tom, reason. He also was in... Uh, he was in Good Morning Vietnam. He played that lieutenant who also writes jokes, and he's kind of a hard ass. He's in oh Bruno Kirby. Oh, oh, oh I hear now. I hear it in your voice. See, now. I don't hear it at all. I've never heard it, and I've had like an acting coach, like a guy who he says runs an acting studio. He sees I hear it. he said it's like Bruno Kirby, and some other lady who ran this comedy fest said that. I'm just like, oh, I don't. See, I remember watching a bunch it's, of videos of his. I just don't see it. It's sort of a higher voice, I guess but so. so, somewhat raspy. So, yeah. like it had. There's a certain like. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is so now I've been thinking. Oh, I should just do something how Bruno Bruno Kirby would do it, and it'll 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 come off differently than Bruno Kirby because I'm not like Bruno Kirby because he has kind of an Italian New York accent. Yes, yes. But it's just funny to me to hear that because it's like a you never know. Just when you think you've heard everything, or you kind of oh you, know, you you know how you're coming across. You know who you are and what you sound like. Someone says something out of left field, and other people are like oh yeah that is the case. Right. And so it's just and you're gonna ch- as you as you age as you, as you age yeah you're gonna your 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 character whatever you are or what you, your go to thing is is gonna develop just right. like you used to play the Michael Sarah character right and now you're moving into whatever to Bruno Kirby even Michael Sarah <laughs> it must be moving out of the Michael Sarah totally character, who knows what he's doing 
Yeah. He's playing the Grinch. Yeah. Someone posted that. Is he? he? No, there's someone, there's some like image of him on Letterman years ago that someone put side by side to the Grinch and he's, their faces are remarkably similar. Interesting. In terms of like nose and mouth. Yeah. His lips are pursed. It's kind of Mm. grotesque actually. Mm. Yeah. It's not He's good. good. I I just saw a film with him. He's great. Uh, where he plays like uh, the good and bad version of himself. Oh, we're talking about the cactus movie. What's it called? Uh, oh, the cactus one he's to, movie. Oh, I can't remember the name. It's of like it. a guy. He has like a French. Uh, oh, we're talking about uh, Nick, he plays Nick Twisp. That's from yeah, the Nick book, Twisp. Yeah, the book uh, Youth and Revolt. That was great. Have you read the Have you read the book? No, it's the best book. It's good. I haven't seen the movie because I sort of. I liked it. I mean, that book is so good. Yeah, I remember I tore through that when I was back when I was, I think when I was living. After, oh God, when was that? That was after I had uh, graduated from college. I remember just being just having nothing to do, do nothing but reading in the in the steam of the shower, reading that fucking <laughs> read that book. Well, because it was so cold in Minnesota in the winter. I see. Yeah, so you, yeah. You sit in the bathroom with the shower going, get that nice steam. Yeah, yeah. Reading Youth and Revolt, great book. Nice, super funny. Um, now, there's so much book that movie. I can't. I want to see that movie at some point, but it's so much book. I don't know how they did a movie of it. I mean, it's it's light, you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's light, and I. But just so much happens. I mean, like there's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a hundred events that take place. But I mean, you know, he's good. I like watching yeah, him. He's good. And uh, the girl was. She good. Good. She was cute. Sheeny. You know, whatever. Sheeny. Yeah, Sheeny. Mm-hmm. God, I can't um, really remember that. Shit. So what? What can I? You know, I I go and I rent movies from right. the, the public library. Oh, nice. On DVD to watch uh, in my laptop. What can I rent that has you in it that I can see you in? You can rent Twenty One Jump Street. Twenty One Jump Street. You can rent okay. The Watch. The also Watch. Known as okay. Neighborhood Watch. Okay. You can rent uh, In the Loop. In the Loop. Okay. Um, you can rent This Is Forty. Mm-hmm. You can rent. Uh, I saw This Is Forty. Yeah. I'm in it for a second. I'm okay. kind of chubby. I'm the room service waiter. Okay. It's a tiny role, but okay. I was in the trailer for it a whole bunch, even though I'm barely in the fucking movie. Uh, you can see that. Um, as far as films, I can't remember what else there is. I don't know if there's any more films per se. Yeah. There's a bunch of TV stuff and little. What TV stuff? Oh, a whole bunch. No, nah, I don't mean it. I-, I can look at your yeah. thing, IMDb. Uh, the Kroll Show. Okay. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, you okay. Um, I was actually just supposed to have uh, coffee with Glenn. No way. Yeah. I, Isn't I didn't Glenn know really him. into... Uh, Glenn's really into hip hop. Yeah. When I was on, I remember being on set with him. I think he had an anti-con sweatshirt on. Okay. I remember okay. I said something to him about it. I was like, hey, you know that? He's like, yes. And that who, was about who, it. Who did you play in Sonny? I played just two episodes, a small role. I played this kid, one of the kids. I think his name was, oh, I can't remember what his fucking name was, but he was one of the kids in the high school that D was substitute teaching for. Okay. Like a smart ass and she kicks, okay. him, out of, kicks him out of class. Um, yeah. That cool. was a while ago. Very cool. I don't know. I can't think of other stuff. This has been a bunch of good, bunch of good stuff. Cool, bunch man. Of good yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start pulling. That's them out, so cool. How did you and Glenn get in touch then? Uh, well, he he hit me up. Uh, maybe. That's so. Funny. I was out in California still, so yeah, it was it was quite a few years ago. Okay. Uh, maybe 2007 or something like that. 2006. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just he uh, MySpaced me. I think at that time. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, and just said, "Hey, I'm a fan." I didn't, I hadn't heard of his show yet. Yeah. Uh, but but he told me the name of it, and then that's I, awesome. I watched it, and my sister was already a fan. Of How it. funny is that that I know that just because he happened to be wearing that Anticon sweatshirt yeah. on set? Yeah. 
That's crazy. That but that, crazy. Uh, he's a great guy, man. He's I a bet. real, he, real all cool All those people dude. on that show yeah. are just the fucking best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just like that they they really started by just doing their own thing. No one, no yep. one, no one put them on. I mean, someone put them on, but right. I mean, they they continued to do it their way. Yeah, and that, that's how so many things work. I think. Yeah. Is that if you work on your own stuff, it's magnet, it's magnetic. Yeah. You work on what you want to do, and it just just like this scent that goes out in the air, and other things smell like, oh, oh, he's doing that. Okay, yeah. I want him to do this thing I'm doing. Right, the heat. Oh, do you have time? Did you have time to do what I'm doing? Because I see you're doing what you're doing. Right. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you want me to be in the thing that you're doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like two two ways. Yeah, either people want to jump on your boat or want you to get off your boat and you be on theirs. Or Do you feel that within within yourself? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. There's all the time stuff where I'm like, oh, why does this have to happen now? Right. And it's because, oh, it's happening now because you were not, trying to make it happen now you're working on your own thing so you got good problems yeah but yeah. i do really hate good problems but even though they are good problems i just have like a i'm like a schedule nightmare i can't stand i get so stressed out when i think that things are conflicting i'm just like but but we don't don't, don't can't they lock the date in or right right oh, i hate it do you are, are you someone that writes your schedule out all the no, time no no i'm terrible i'm most i'm so fucking disorganized it's ridiculous yeah i try to but it's almost just an it's just me doing it to do it to sort of calm my brain when actually it may not ever happen yeah i'm yeah. I, i'm 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 working on it but right. it, it's it's hard i mean neither of us have the type of job that that is it's regular. is routine yeah it's, you, it's, so you can't you can't all you can do is well there's a lot of people who say and historically so that you have to even though you have a job that's artistic and you're not working hours, you have to establish something, otherwise you go crazy. I can't remember his name, but he wrote a book called The War of Art. It's past everyone it's like a common textbook for any kind of acting class or any crap like any screenwriting. He talks about the same thing about how okay. you have to uh just make it something or you're doing it all the time and regularly and have like a you have to have a have a routine. He talks about a lot of stuff, but she talks more about the routine stuff. But it's something I have tried to do, and I guess you could say failed at it sometimes. But I feel like yes and no. You gotta not beat yourself up about yeah, it. You that's what I'm realizing now. You can't it's beat like, yourself up about it because if you do that, that makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. And it's, be, it, that goes back to the brain and gut yeah, thing. It's just it goes like, back to meditation. I think I talked about this in the last podcast. Is how because I do meditation. You do. Like, yeah, and it's a thing where with meditation too, you have to. You can't beat yourself up if you, if you forget to meditate, and you can't feel bad if the meditation wasn't as thrilling or deep or whatever as it, as it has been in the past because then it's you're comparing things that are incomparable mm-hmm. and. Yeah. So how do you do it? What's what's your I do, routine? I do with transcendental that? meditation. Oh, yeah. you do. Yep. So you were given a mantra and everything. I got like the that. whole. I got the whole shebang. Yeah. And do, I, I just can't believe it just said shebang. Do you, you go to, you go to a place Fuck. occasionally or, or, um, or? I should. I haven't checked in with them in a while. Okay. But yeah. But you have a guru. Uh, I don't have a guru. Um, I don't think they have gurus in TM, exactly. but okay. they have teachers. But it's not something where once you once you uh, completed the course and once you they've taught you, you're you're good to go pretty much. But what? Okay, let me tell you what yeah. I do, and then you okay. can tell me what I'm doing wrong. Well, I don't think you're not doing anything wrong. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, well, I I sit. You mindful meditation? I guess I do mindful okay. meditation. Where did you learn it? 
just books. No, just for myself. Okay. I mean, from listening to people talk about well, meditation. Then you probably, well, go ahead. I want to hear. I, I just sit quietly for twenty minutes. I right. set a timer on my phone for okay. twenty minutes, and I sit with my eyes closed. Sometimes on a chair, but with a straight spine. Right. Or sometimes on the floor. Right. Uh, with my crisscrossed applesauce, <laughs> and uh, I just try to focus on the surface stuff. I try to focus on my breath. Right. I try to focus on any light I might be seeing okay. in my eyes. I try to I try to kind of right. uh zone out in that way and and most of the time is spent sort of fighting off thought. Okay. You know, but I I don't get upset at myself if if right. I if I am trailing in into you know the chasms of my psyche. I I just try to go back to and I sometimes I'll have a little mantra that I that I do. Yeah. Well, you said a couple of things there that I guess I understand and I I feel the same way about as far as meditating like positionally and t- length of time and so what you think about the big thing with TM and the thing with a lot of other meditation like mindful meditation which I think is similar to TM and sort of at least traditionally and where it comes from is uh instead of fighting thought like Zen, like Zen is to idea of, well, I mean, I'm I don't fully know about this, but I know that to TM is the opposite of fighting off thought. It's it's they want you to you you focus on your mantra, and what I'm saying here is so there's so much more to be said about it. Sure, I I'm not even qualified to talk about, but uh, the idea of trying to rid your mind of thoughts is uh, natural. And it's impossible because the brain is always going to be focused on something. So the whole idea with TM, I think also, especially with a certain Zen meditation, is you, 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 it's okay to focus on the thought. You're supposed to deal with it like, like a passing, like, like viewing scenery from a train where it's there. Um, it's not good or bad. It's just there and it's, it's traveling through. You're thinking on it and allow it to leave as peacefully as it entered. And it's so it's where, about awareness then. It's about awareness and not awareness and non-judgment. You just you think about stuff whatever you want to think about and it, it, with TM what they say and this is the case with all meditation I believe is uh is what you think about is sometimes shouldn't be you shouldn't overthink what you're thinking about. You shouldn't uh analyze what you're thinking about because Thoughts, much the same way dreams, are just uh, sort of a a manifestation of stress that's leaving. So if you think about something negative or bad or scary during meditation, you have to, what I do and what I was taught is that that's something where you shouldn't focus, you shouldn't focus on it in terms of, you shouldn't let that affect you, you just let it, let it, let it be. It's okay that it's there. It's just, it's just, it's passing through, because all everything changes with time, no matter what we do about it. So, a negative, a negative thought inside of meditation, is just the manifestation of stress as it's leaving your body and leaving your mind through meditation. Okay. So, and it's the same with dreams. That's a lot of people put a lot of credence on interpreting dreams, and I suppose maybe to some extent that's the case. But if you if you think about a lot of your dreams, a lot of times. If they do have um, bearing in reality, 
any dreams you have, it's because that's something that you've been dealing with in real life. Let's say I'm having dreams. Let's say I'm repairing a roller coaster is my job. <laughs> that's such a fucking funny, stupid metaphor. Uh, and you're dreaming about something bad happening in with your roller coaster repair. It's just your brain working through that that emotional problem, that reality, and it's doing it's working on it. And that that's your brain's way of. Uh, not necessarily solving a problem, it's the way of it in contextualizing it safely. Right. So it's, it's, a, safe, it's a way to safely uh, view something. It's, it's like picking up a, something radioactive in, with, with special gloves and a suit on. So it can't hurt you, but you can view it, you can look at it from all the sides, and you can learn from it, yeah. and you can, dis- you can discard it. After you've learned, you've taken the good out of it, and you, you, the the negative thing goes away. And I think meditation is is uh, supposed to. That's what it's supposed to be. The same thing. It's it's, it's essentially uh, a w- dreaming awake awake dreaming, which is what a lot of which is a lot of uh, Eastern meditation calls. It's like a fifth state. It's a it's a state where you're you're lucid, you're aware of your surroundings, so no one can sneak up on you and kill you. But you're also are in this place that is absolutely otherworldly. It's a dream. It's a dream place. Do you, so you get into dreamlike states sometimes. So it is sometimes I've had it where it's the most psychedelic experience I've ever had in my entire life. Wow! Like we're not not the most, but it's on it's it's on par with anything I've experienced taking hallucinogenic drugs. And and yeah. um, I can learn this by by going to the place. You can. I mean, but also, but TM isn't TM is just one type of meditation. Yeah. It's uh, there's a, it comes from an the old Vedic tradition. I mean, there's so much to be read. There's, there's it's so fucking old that there's yeah. there's so much you could you could spend days and days reading just about the history of that meditation. Um, but yeah, TM is just a one form of it. It's sort of they, it's just a certain very specific non-religious form right. of meditation. Right. But there's also types of. Uh, there's also other types of Vedic meditation, which are almost identical that don't involve that aren't that aren't TM, that aren't transcendental meditation. Because right. transcendental meditation came from Maharishi, who taught it. Uh, who was taught? I may be confusing this, but it's taught by Guru Dev, who was uh, he was a um, he was the guy. I don't know. What you, I don't know what you call him, but he was a he was a religious leader, mm-hmm. and he. Uh, he sort of started the TM movement, but it's it, the type of meditation that he was doing. It's been around. Branded TM has been around for thousands of years, and yeah. they, people have been practicing it forever. It Maybe just, he brought it to the West. He brought something. it to the West, yeah. yeah. It's like the guy that the, the Beatles studied with and right. uh, all those, all that stuff. But that guy, yeah, Maharishi. So there's uh, that's other types of meditation that teach essentially the same thing, that follow the same sort of guidelines and... Because when it comes down to it, the only thing that's the only kind of meditation that's really different is Zen meditation. But even then, like I've read some What's stuff that? about it. Zen, Zen is more about when people traditionally think about meditation, the idea of clearing your mind of thoughts, yeah. which has been proven time and time again, even scientifically, to be debt to be the opposite of stress relieving because you're stressed because it's impossible to fucking clear your mind. It's this thing. So you want to just really, you want to just really look at them and watch them pass like clouds in the sky. Well, that's just, that's just a part of how TM works. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I know that that that's also, there's, there's other types of Buddhist meditation that talks about 
that that refers to thoughts is the same way. So you're not lingering on it, but you're not dis- you're not pushing it away. Mm-hmm. You're just allowing it to enter and to leave, much the same way you're riding a tra- like you're riding a train. Mm-hmm. And that train metaphor gets used in like I've had I've done different types of guided meditation, different forms of it, and they, that's pretty much. It seems to be something that a lot of people talk about in terms of like on tape, or you mean if so, oh, someone in the room? Both, both, both kind of ways. I mean, I've all, I've chanted. Uh, I tried chanting Nam Myoho Rinke Kyo, which is um, a Nichiren Buddhism. I tried that for a while, and people, a lot of people have a lot of success with that. Which, if you think about, it, it's very similar to TM or uh, Vedic meditation because Vedic meditation you're chanting a mantra in your head. You're not saying it out loud, whereas Nichiren Buddhism you're saying it out loud. But so it's that still, it's you still, say what say that with you say nam yoho ringe kyo nahim yo uh, nam I think it's n a m m y o ringe I think I can't remember how to spell it exactly but it's 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 not it's not really relevant and you say it out loud say it out loud yeah you say nam yoho ringe kyo nam yoho ringe kyo and it's a uh, it's a form of nam yoho ringe kyo uh, it's called it's it's a form of meditation but it's also part of a larger prayer. That you would say in front of a kohanzen, which is this, uh, it's this sort of a, not like a shrine. It's a piece of Sanskrit writing that's been artistically. I mean, this stuff is. I I'm really like going out on a limb here as far as stuff. That's I'm not fine. Really knowing what I'm talking about. No one, no one. Th- you're not this, certified. That's yeah. fine. No one thinks you are. It's but the fine. Sa- that whole thing is. It's similar to that in terms of. Or it's also Hare Krishna. Like Hare, this all it all comes from the same thing. Yeah. Nichiren Buddhism was something that Nichiren Daishonin, who was a Japanese monk, he branched off from the main church because he felt like it was becoming too too controlled from the top down. I think I'm correct about this. He was, so he wanted to make it more of a oh, he wanted to egalitarian. Yeah, company. break it break it away from this uh, hierarchy mm-hmm. of the of the Buddhist church, and so that's what that's where Nichiren Buddhism came from. But and then you have, you have uh, um, Hare Krishna. When you, if you chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That is that's the chant that Hare Krishna's chant, and that goes that has a similar source, I think. And if you go further enough back, it's, well, all, it's yeah. all very similar. So I, I mean, I, I've always wanted to uh, for, to get into meditation. I think the TM for me was the thing. That uh, that just got me. You know Be- what I mean? Because so, it had less less religious undertones, maybe uh, less religious undertones, and for whatever reason, it just was a thing that has stuck with me. So I think that I think that that's a big part of meditation is not necessarily there's no best one. There's the one that's best for you. Sure, that helps you find fits your life and how you think about things. Because for me, I've always found that, um, you probably have the same thing because you're a musician. There's like a meditative quality to sound. Yeah. And I like I like trance like sounds. I like sounds that are droney. Mm-hmm. I find there's even like when I used to play bass, I would a lot of times I would just play bass by myself for like a half an hour, just playing the same thing over and over again, like humming along to mm-hmm. it. And I find that very relaxing because it puts you in a meditative state because your the repetition allows you allows I think this is scientifically it allows a, the part of your brain that um, that causes disorder. Uh, it allows us something to focus on. That's why people exercise and they hike when they're driving long distances. They can go into meditative state because that part of their brain, the the analytical part of the brain, is busy with a mm-hmm. with a simple chore that's never going away. If you're constantly hiking, you're constantly having to 
think where your foot's being put, and that part of your brain is busy with something that's just busy enough to not stress it, but not simple enough to where it starts thinking about other things. It has to constantly think about it. And I think with Vedic meditation or any chant-based meditation, that's probably what's going on is your brain is, that part of your brain is busy with this easy-to-repeat thing, like a chant or whatever, a mantra or anything like that. And that allows the um, it just to relax and to settle down okay. so the right brain can open up and you can have visions. <laughs> I do feel yeah. that uh, I can get into uh, somewhat of a like I feel better if I ran, if I run yeah but you know things like that. But tell me this: what what have you seen in your life um, change or develop a, as you've been meditating? Uh, I think maybe uh, less angry about less. Um, Cause I have a, I have kind of a temper. Like I can get angry. Like I'll smash something. Not like Me anything, too. anything Me too. important, but I, I have been known to, to break something that I know I'm okay with breaking. <laughs> or uh, I've so, break, I've broken my hand twice. Oh really? Punching shit. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't broken my hand, but I've I've probably done some damage to it from punching shit. But that I feel like there's less of that because you're more relaxed. Uh, I I think I don't know. It's I think I talked about this long. Was with the last podcast with Jake Weissman about how it's kind of hard to tell exactly. I think it's just a, it's like a systemic thing where you just look at things differently. Maybe you look at things from a, a little a little further back because you're realizing the the sort of futility of of uh, anger or stress, and or you just li- you literally have less stress. Do you feel more of an infusion of love in a I way? I think so. Or uh, you just have less stress. I think is the big mm-hmm. thing. It's just the the stress. Or when things are adverse or stressful, you realize that it's it's temporary, and that it's something that it will it will pass, and that you can you just you just go through it, you just flow through it. What about creativity wise, like like on some like mm. uh, you know uh, what's what's his name uh, who the big transcendental David Lynch David Lynch yeah always talks about how 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 much that's done for his right brain. Yeah, know? I think it's uh it definitely sets you up for like recently I haven't had a lot of that stuff just because I've been busy with um a lot of things that don't involve that, but there's been times a lot of times where it definitely helps a lot where it helps you if it doesn't if it's not something you remember and you take away from meditation, it's at least something where you're accessing that pool, that that and that massive unending piece of uh your brain that's collective consciousness that makes you realize i think kind of what it does is it doesn't necessarily give you ideas it just makes you realize that there is an innumerable amount of ideas out there and you'll you'll, at no point in time will you ever dry up yeah it's impossible because saying you'll dry up is like saying that the earth will stop spinning because the whole idea behind tm and almost every type of meditation is about tapping into collective consciousness uh and just you, you, it puts you in this place where what well, I, I suppose that's what en- enlightenment is to some extent is is you're you're just you're, you become you become tapped in at times and you realize that you can tap in any time and you're always everything is so everything's happening at the same time regardless so the idea that you're ever alone or you're without an idea or you can't figure something out is becomes uh, doesn't make stuff stops making sense because anytime you meditate you're diving into this this you're diving into the universe 
So you you yeah. said you said you're not in a in a state right now where you're being creative or using your right brain. Well, I mean, I was like on. T- Figuring out this tour, exactly. Like figuring all these fucking. Sure. But also, I didn't get stressed out about this stuff that normally would stress me out because I'm bad at organizing. Uh, somehow, I was able to be like, okay, we're just gonna. I think what the big thing with meditation for me is it's allowing me to do stuff to to have the attitude of, um, we're just gonna let it happen, and I'm gonna enter this enter this situation, uh, with the most positivity I can, and. Whatever happens doesn't change anything. It's not going to make anything. It's not going to make anything anything better because yeah. all you're going to do is all you can do at any time is exist in the moment of that particular moment, and uh, and that's all you can do. So to 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 worry about something that you can't control is just ridiculous. And that and that for this this tour particularly that helped help me relax in a lot of situations. I think. Previous to meditating, I probably would have been stressed out about, would right. have worried about something. Right, yeah. sure. Um, you just, yeah, just trying to go with the flow on. Yeah, on go with the flow, or just, just nothing you can do sometimes. What, what I was yeah. going to ask though is, is do you feel a little bit off when you're not being creative, or when you don't oh, yeah, have totally. the ability to do that because you have to be on tour and you have to be renting cars and you have to be. Yeah, I mean, if I don't do stand up for like a week, I get I start to feel crazy. Yeah. Uh, if I don't listen to music for a certain amount of time, I feel crazy. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So definitely. Um, I don't know what I just said. What did I say? <laughs> I'm trying to think what I even answered. You're saying, do you feel like if you're not if you're not creative? Yeah, if you're not using yeah. your your creative side. Yeah, you know, gotta. That they basically does that well back up just like your gut would back up. You know what I mean in a way and, and feel I like. So. I don't know. Uh, I think so, but I think that's different than meditation. But um, yeah, I, I I feel like that way. I have to get out. Definitely, I have to get this get. Yeah. Some, I have to do some type of thing, like some type of performance thing, something that sort of scares me. Otherwise, I feel I feel kind of dead and unhappy. Yeah, I, I find that my my gut is actually better when I totally. when I'm performing a lot when yeah. I'm when I'm busy doing something. So when I'm either performing every night or when I am uh, in the midst of serious writing, like working all the yeah. time, like that. Yeah, totally. I feel the same way because. Uh, it's like the whole it's the old idle hands do the devil's work. Right. And the Same release with, of emotion too. Like right. idle. You know. If your mind's idle, all you can do is focus on how you don't feel well. Yeah. There so you go. If, you have, if you're consumed with good things, with positive things and being constructive, then you don't have time to do things that are the opposite. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> um, okay, well, well, let's wrap this up in a yeah. minute. But let let me ask you, uh, and I, this has turned into my yeah. show for a while. Yeah, you but got that, it. But we'll 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 yeah we'll cut and paste. We'll figure that out. So, <laughs> uh, what do you see uh, in your in your near future and far future? Do you have certain certain? I know you're trying to live in the present, obviously. No, but uh, you gotta you gotta have some goals. But you gotta have some goals. Yeah. What do you, what do you what are you kind of working towards in a way? What would you like to see happen? Oh, I want to put out a stand up album. Mm-hmm. I want to put out an album of uh, the best of the twisting the wind calls. Uh, I want to the prank calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I see that happening. I really want to. There's a bunch of little short films I've been wanting to make for a long time, and I'll, I'll make them. Just stuff takes, you've you've written already. Yeah. Okay. Or if I haven't written written, it's something where 
thinking about the idea all the time, different settings and yeah, so it's like a long, long form, not long form, but just something where you kind of chew on for a while in your mm-hmm. brain. Uh, that if you need like a sexy Sephardic uh, Fabio totally, type, man. you let me know. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, that I suppose, and maybe um, just continuing to do stand up as much as possible. Well, not maybe as much as possible, but at the highest quality, with continued increasing quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, yeah. I mean, I've I've always been bad at setting concrete goals. I always just say, keep on. Moving up because that's the thing. I mean, it's good to set goals. It's great to set goals, but that's the thing that a lot of people, people are unhappy, especially in the entertainment industry, is they get unhappy because, okay, you got your, uh, you did your half hour special, you were, you were like, oh, this is gonna make me so happy once this happens, and it happens, and you're like, looking around and, uh, um, okay, right, what um, now? Now um, that's over. Mm-hmm. So now what? Because it's it's always gonna be the way. It's always gonna be. There's a if you're results oriented, you're always going to be disappointed because the results are never as interesting as the moment, either like the moment you're making it or like that one second after it's right. over and then everything just goes right you know what after I think? that. I, th- I think it's all about short-term goals right. and satisfying those. I mean, maybe that's also some sort of like uh, futile pursuit uh, or, or you know, those are done, and then, but, but they're 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 short enough that it's not like this. Like when when I have a long term thing that I finish, yeah. I always feel like weird for a while yeah. after that. Cause you're, but cause but the short term thing, if you have like every week, I want to I want to write one thing every week yeah. or whatever. Then when you do that and you accomplish it, it feels really good. Feels great. Yeah. yeah, I go in spurts with writing and reading, but when I. Anytime I get in a get in a mode of writing every day, it just feels the best. Yeah, feels so good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because you're just you're just getting it out there. You and that's the same. It's sort of similar to doing stand up, but anytime you're anytime you're getting the juice out, whatever format your juice is, it just feels good to get that fucking juice out. <laughs> you know. That's a perfect place to end this. I've been sitting here with Johnny Pemberton. I'm sitting here with Yoni Wolf. We are in uh, his Atwater. Uh, office. We call it the establishment. Actually, we don't call it the establishment. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Should we make a sound together? Ready? guys kindly and criminal mindedly it has always been and it will always be my pleasure to bring these to you until i'm not bringing them to you any longer but this has been episode 65 we're getting up there in years we're in our we're already in our golden years there they're going to put us in the home soon you can find me the wandering wolf podcast at gmail.com you can find me at the wandering wolf podcast at gmail.com if you can't remember it, you got it. You remember that ditty. That's what melodies are for, right? To to recall what the words are saying. So remember that, and uh, hit me up there. You can donate to me on PayPal through there. You can buy a T-shirt. I, I encourage you to do so on ImpactMerch.com. 
you can search The Wandering Wolf or you can look at the Why With A Question Mark page, my band, and uh, they have Wandering Wolf shirts on there as well. Uh, so do that. I'm debating whether to get more tapes for this upcoming Y tour. We are going on tour with Y. Look at whywithaquestionmark.com. That's all spelled out, whywithaquestionmark.com, and look on dates there to see if we're coming to your town. It's mostly sort of East Coast stuff, Northeast stuff, some Canada stuff. So it's been a while since we've been there. So people have been asking us, we're coming. Don't fucking... Don't message me on Facebook two days after I'm in Toronto and say, when are you coming to Toronto? Because we're fucking coming there and just pay attention. Pay attention, people. And I understand it gets buried under the debris, the digital debris of the next thing happening, the next thing happening, and the next thing happening. I know how it is. And that's one thing that's sad about the world today. But there are many things that are the opposite of sad about the world today. So, yeah, come see me on those tours. I don't know that I'll have Wandering Wolf t-shirts. I might, but uh, I, and I might have tapes. I don't know. We'll see. But but uh, it's going to be some good Y shows. And get those t-shirts. That's about it. You can still get my, my rap tape on uh, Bandcamp, yonywolf.bandcamp.com. So go there and get that. Uh, I'm going to take off and leave you guys uh, with one final thought, and that's just... Keep, 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 keep wandering. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that. Nam your horring again, 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 nam your horring again,